Hope everyone had a great and wonderful Father's Day on yesterday. But today, here on the Bryantland Show, my guest is Trey Fails from the Dreaded Outdoors. This young angler and hunter is making his mark in the outdoors, and he stops by to talk to me here on the Bryantland Show. Stone Mountain, Georgia. This is the Bryant Land Show, hosted by proud Gamecock and South Carolinian AB3. If you take a look at my guest this week's Instagram, Dreaded Outdoors, his statement on his account breaking down the stigma around. POCs enjoying the outdoors. Of course, POCs, people of color. Man, I really like that. It kind of snatched me, snatched up my attention. Trey Fails, thank you for joining me on the Bryantland Show, man. How you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. Honored to be here. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, we were going back and forth via text and then just chatting a little bit before we got started. And as things would have it, you are from Minnesota, right there in Minneapolis, ground zero with everything that's yes, going sir. on right now in our country, man. How how has that been and what's it what's it looking like up there in Minneapolis? Cause man. you know it you see things on TV, and as a person who works in TV, you know, I always tell people don't believe everything that you see, but from somebody right. who's there living in the stuff, what what is the land of 10,000 lakes looking like right now? Man, it ain't it ain't the land of 10,000 lakes right now. It's not what it is on the post, guys. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty wild, actually. Like, it, uh, it, it shocked a lot of, a lot of people around here. Like, you can't go get gas at your regular places. You can't go get groceries. A lot of those places were were boarded up for for a week or so. I mean, they're they're working back into it now. But yeah, it was for that for those first two weeks. It it kind of resembled Iraq downtown on Lake Street there. Like it was it was pretty brutal. It was pretty brutal. Man, and for you know we were talking earlier and stuff, and one of the things that I like, you know, when talking to different hunters and different people, you know, we all come from different career backgrounds, you know, mine being sports television, some, you know, other folks, they come from a trade or uh, own their own company, stuff like that. You work with the quote unquote at risk youth in prevention uh, before things get, you know, too far down the line to kind of steer them back on track, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, so technical term is a diversion case manager, right? But I mean, short, short term, basically keeping kids out of the system, just like you said. I mean, first time nonviolent offense, rather than having them go to court, getting, uh, getting some sort of offense on their record, you know, indefinitely, they get sent to me rather, rather than, rather than the traditional route. 
Um, and then we'll, we'll sit down, you know, have a conversation about what happened, what's going on in life, basically everything. Um, and then from there, we'll come up with something for them to do, whether that's, you know, community service, uh, what, what have it, you know, therapy sessions, there's different programming for behavior, different mentorship programs. There's, there's a bunch. I can't even, can't even think of them all right now, but, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a great program and I'm, it's, I'm glad to be a part of it. It's making a, it's making a change. I believe that hundred percent. Man. And that's what's up. And then, you know, one of the things with that too, I know a lot of, I've seen, I shouldn't say a lot, but I've seen a few programs where they use the outdoors as that kind of prevention, whether it be like fishing trips or hunting, yeah, you know, skeet shooting, things like that. Are you aware or a part of any programs like that up in Minnesota? Yeah, so I was so when I was literally the I think the the month I got hired into this job, I I immediately asked that question like, is there any outdoor programs that we could send these kids to? Because those are going to get all my referrals, hundred percent, right there. But they said no, it just got it just got canceled. We used to have one that they would take them horseback riding, uh, skeet shooting, canoeing, fishing, all that stuff. Uh, but it got canceled because the the interest was was very low, I guess. But that's one thing that's that's on my radar that I kind of want to do with with this dreaded outdoors with with my career. I kind of want to do my own type of type of diversion program for that and open that that outdoor setting for those kids. So, you know, take them hiking and and show them that different side that they might not have seen otherwise. You know, right? So. Right. Because even even if you don't put them. Um in a deer stand or put them behind a fishing pole a lot of times just being out in the outdoors seeing different animals right seeing a right. setting that's different that they're used to especially if they come from like an inner city or something like that man it mm-hmm. just it, it opens their eyes to just different things that's you know they normally don't see 100 percent, and that's one of the cool things about minneapolis we have a bunch of like parks that are if you're in the middle of them, you think that you're in the middle of nowhere and it's right downtown. Like it's right outside of city. Like it's crazy how close they are. So that is just a, it's just an opportunity that I just don't think that a lot of people are aware of. So. Well, and and it's funny that you say that like in stuff in the city, because you know, the times that I've been to Minneapolis, it was always butt ass cold. I mean, there was not (laughs) a time that I was in the, the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, where it was like, okay, hey, let's hang out outside. Even when I was there for baseball for work, it was still cold and rainy. <laughs> but, but getting back to that, you know, being within city limits and then it having like the feeling of being nowhere, I was checking out one of your videos and something – that caught my eye that I want you to talk about a little bit. You started shooting a series called Within the Limits series, which is basically about the deer hunting program inside city limits. And then you filmed yourself deer hunting inside city limits. And I thought it was really interesting where it was like you had to kill a doe before you could shoot a buck. Just talk a little bit about that program and, yeah. you know, like how that works, you know, being able to, to shoot deer in the inner city because we have something like that here in Metro Atlanta. But I want to know a little bit more about what you got going on up there. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's I might it's probably similar to what y'all got going on down there, but it's run through the park and recs and, and they take a survey of 
people that are living around the the different parks in inside of the city basically that have heavy deer herds and they come and they do a lot of damage on their flowers and and everything else um that people pay a lot of money to plant and they go to the park and rec board and they're like do you guys need to take care of the deer all they think about is okay well let's shoot them so (laughs) we have a lottery and they auction it off to the residents of the city and okay if you can apply and then you apply if you pass um like the initial check uh you have to go shoot your bow so you got to test for accuracy and you got to hit um seven out of the 10 at 20 yards within the lungs basically and it's basically it's it's too simple it's too simple to get to get your accuracy test it was it was easy i I was kind of nervous about it i didn't know they were going to have me at you know 45 yards quarter and away i gotta hit a perfect hard shot i don't know about all that but i can (laughs) i can hit lungs at 20 you know what i mean so right I, i was confident at that and then yeah i got i got drawn and I got to pick my park, and I picked one of the parks that was close to the highway that I saw a lot of deer get hit by. So I picked that one and got in a tree in that morning, and it was, it was I think, right at daylight. I had a, I had a man and his dog come running through the woods right, <laughs> right underneath my tree. And I... I kid you not. Thirty seconds later, I had that a little that little buck came by right there in that in that video. I think I I think I show it, but it I was recording on my phone. But it was it was literally right 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 afterwards. The deer didn't care about people, and there was people walking around all all day, and I had deer around me all day long. It didn't seem to care. It was just weird. But yeah, you had to, it was an earn a buck, so you had to shoot a doe before you could shoot a buck. And the first deer, of course, I see in the in the day is a buck. I mean, why not? Why not have that happen? Of course, you know? Mur- so, Mur- the old Murphy's law: if it can, it right, will. Right, right. Like, yeah, it can't be perfect. No, I have that. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I look over and catch a little glimpse, and then I see another giant, and then that just probably the biggest buck I've ever seen hunting in my life. It was. And that's crazy. Yards behind someone's house. That that is bananas because I was watching that video. And you see, like, that huge buck come out. And I was like, man, you, this guy's pretty together for a buck that size. I don't know if it's the fact that you knew you couldn't shoot it yet or what. But, it was, like, even watching the video, I'm you know like, what? holy sh-. Like, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that buck is huge. So- it was – I was – I think that's all shock right there. I had never seen – I didn't think it was real. I don't think I was reacting – just because I didn't, I did, like, no way. No, there's no way that's right there. Like, there's there's no way that an easy 150-plus buck just walked in front of me in this park. There's just no way that just happened. So I'm just going to count that as a, I'm imagining things, and, okay, we'll go see this doe here in a little bit. <laughs> Man, yeah. And it was, like you said, easily 150 as far as, like, the score, and then the body, I mean, just big muscular mature yeah. looking you know just a beefcake yeah just, right yeah <laughs> so yeah he was a stud he was easily five six years old like and i talked to some people right that were you could see their house right in the in the video i talked to them just to see if i could park in their yard and walk down um and they let me but they said that they've never seen anything but does their oh. whole life and they've been there for 15 years and i 
I was like, do you guys just not watch? Or do you not look out the back? I didn't, I don't know how, like, he was standing there. For- I, I guarantee you they don't, they, they don't look, they don't look at it like we do. Because even before I started deer hunting, you know, like growing up, I would see deer and, you know, you see deer hopping across the road or whatever the case right, is. Right. I don't think I ever saw a buck until I started paying attention and started hunting. Yeah. So yeah, just, no, I hear that. So I hear that. You know, just going through everyday life, unless he's standing in your front yard like the deer that was like in Bambi or whatever, just standing there clear <laughs> as day. I think most people, if you're not a hunter or you're not looking for that, you probably it's you know, you, even though it seems silly to us, it's like, how can you miss that? For them, they're just right. like, that's just a deer that's eating my flowers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they don't even care. Doesn't even matter. And you you shot, so you shot, the doe came through first, and you shot the doe first, right? And then yep. the big buck came, because the big buck obviously was probably tailing that doe. Right, right, yeah. So she came at about, I don't know, 25, 20, 25 yards, somewhere in there. And I shot her pretty pretty good shot, a little farther back than I'd like, but I mean, double lung, she went 30 yards and laid down. And then, yeah, he started to come towards me. That He started to kind of, and that's when my heart started kind of going pretty quick. That's when it kind of got real after I lost sight of him and then I saw him again through the bush. Yeah, okay. He, okay, he's, okay, yeah, he is real. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now what do I do? So I grabbed another arrow and I got it knocked, but then he... I don't know if he's no way he smelled human. Like, no, nope, that's that's not it. Check that off the list. Right. So I don't know what what he was doing, but he just continued on his path, just as if that doe didn't bed down and got shot in front of him. I don't. It was some of the weirdest deer activity I've ever seen. Like they were still white tails, but it was definitely not like public land hunting that I'm used to around here. Definitely not. Right. And it, and it's probably like you said, because, you know, in a suburban, you know, type area, they're just used to the humans. You know, they do enough mm-hmm. to right. they do enough to avoid them. But it's not like, you know, hunting in the woods or whatever. When a deer see a human and it's like, oh, shit, humans, we got to, you know, book it out of here. You know, they, exactly. probably, they, they have a different um, they're used to them a little bit differently. Yep. So. Let me ask you this. So you shot that doe. If that buck would have came into range, could you have could you have shoot him or would you have had to like had that that uh doe tagged and registered like via like phone or something like that before you shot that doe? I mean before you uh shot that buck? Yeah, so I mean and that was one of those rules that really wasn't covered that well <laughs> in the pamphlet <laughs> that I got. So me, I got another arrow ready. That I was, I was gonna shoot him, but I probably, I mean, yeah, because the registration, it was just send send the uh, park board a text yep. saying I shot a doe at this time and blah blah blah, and there it's done. So I mean, I probably say, hey, shot a doe at eight forty three, shot a buck at eight fifty three. <laughs> like I, don't, I don't know, maybe, right. probably, I probably would have done it. I mean, I probably couldn't pass that buck up. That would have been. Well, I mean, like I said, that was the biggest buck I've ever seen in my life. It still is to this day. So, And if you guys don't have, like, physical tags, like here in Georgia, we don't have physical tags. We have a game check. And you have a game check record, and you either do it, you know, like on the board or whatever where you're hunting at 
or you call it in or whatever. I do it on my phone hmm. uh, because where I where I hunt at, I still get a decent service. And you know, right before you know you move them and whatever, field dress and move them. Um, I just go into my app and just say, you know, a shot like a doe. It'll say like buck or doe, what county, and then it'll log it in the time. And then what it does is gives you like a number. And then like, say, if you take in the deer to the processor, like I, you know, I take my deer to a processor, they'll ask for that number and that number is basically your tag so that it's registered with the dnr and then it's registered okay. with whatever you know regulations that the uh processing plant has to follow so your deer basically has an id that number once you register it in but like i said we can do it right there on our app as long as you got service and you know where i hunt at yep. here in georgia we can do that and i know there's a couple other states that have gone that way they're they're Obviously, there's a few states that still have the physical tag. As a matter of fact, I want to say I did the same. I think I called in for my turkey. I think I called that in when I shot my turkey in Wisconsin. Um, but, yeah, it was really like it, it's a little bit more. I know here in Georgia it's a little bit more modernized, especially for deer and turkey. Yeah. Yeah, turkey. Yeah, it sounds like it. y'all got an app and everything. We yeah. got paper. We got. I, mean, I think we could we could call it in, but we still gotta have the physical paper tag on the animal. Oh wow, that's wild. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, that sounds a lot more efficient. Your your guys' way though, like what? Well, Just, for hey, I'm gonna go on this app real quick. Yeah, <laughs> for for as much as people you know give you know Southerners grief about being backwards and stuff in certain ways when it. When it comes to hunting, at least, you know, we're a little, at least in that aspect, we're a little bit more forward. It's the same thing for turkey, too. Like, right. you you go in to, you you know, you shoot a gobbler, you go in, uh, you enter your information, uh, and it's called your harvest record on there, and then, you know, you're good to go. That goes to the DNR, so, yeah. That's dope. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, That's dope. It, I like that. Yeah, it's actually, you know, pretty cool. Now... Right in your in your series, and uh, unless I missed it, which is highly possible, I know. Looking, you shot that, you shot that doe, but then you shot another deer later that afternoon, right? I I did, I did in that video, man, yeah, man. I t you know how messed up my phone is. You know this. <laughs> that I don't know where that video is. I got it all completed, and I saved it, and it just went into the dust. I have no idea where it went. It it pulled the Mike Tyson and faded into Bolivian. It, it did. It's like it's just it's just out, just gone, man. Like just uh it was so devastating too cuz I've spent a lot of time editing it all on my phone which is so stupid. I'm never going to do that again cuz you got to Oh, it was just bad. It I was, was going to ask you. I got fat fingers. So you nah. <laughs> you shot and edited on your on your phone the first video as well? Yeah, it was horrible. Oh, it was, wow. I do not recommend that to anybody. Try, oh. get, no, no, no. Do it on a laptop. Don't, don't, do, that. <laughs> don't do that to yourself. Well, I was going to say, the first one, uh, for what it was, you know, being shot on the phone and stuff, it came out pretty good. How did you have it set up? Because I noticed in the video 
when you got ready to draw back, I saw the font <laughs> that came across the screen that said self-filming issues. So what was uh, your setup? How did you have that set up? So, yeah, so I had like a, a regular, like a camera arm for, for a bit for my big camera. Okay. But of course, I forgot my big camera that morning. So <laughs> I had my phone in like a selfie stick type mount. Okay. That screwed right into the, the camera arm. And I just wedged my phone in there and, and made it work, kind of. <laughs> you had to go for what you know, man. That's all. Yeah, hey, I had to make it work. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to film it really, really bad. So it, I, had to, I had to do something. It's something about killing does in less than ideal situations. You know, back uh, in December when I killed my doe, you know, I tell the story about how, like, everything that went wrong that day from getting slapped in the face with a limb to leaving my <laughs> house without my hunting boots and ask, actually oh. climbing in a climbing stand and killing a doe in the equivalent of some freaking penny loafers. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's something about does and killing them in less than ideal situations. Oh, I would 100% agree with that. <laughs> After you're all flustered and you don't know what's up and down, and all of a sudden, okay, I think I just killed a deer. What just happened? I love it. I love it. I mean, it at the end of the day, you got it done. So it's like there's right. only so much, you know, that you can complain exactly. about, you know? Exactly. So Then the work begins. Right, right. Packing it out <laughs> and, you know, field dressing and getting all that stuff together. But the second deer that you killed on that hunt, how? so take me through that. How did that go down? Yeah, so we, I called my dad. And he came down to the park, and he helped me drag that doe out, got her all taken care of. And, I mean, it was – so it was November 2nd that day. I was moving into my apartment, and it was my birthday on November 4th. Oh, wow. So I had two days to hunt at this park, and I was moving up to the cities from living down in Oatana, which oh. is like an hour south. Okay, so, gotcha. And that's, yeah, that's where this park was. So I'm down there for these two days at the folks' house. My truck's packed up with all my clothes, just everything. So I got, like, my driver's seat to work with. And I go down, and I get that dough out, and I'm like, you know what? I want to hunt tonight. I'm going to hunt this evening. Why not? Go back in there. Maybe that big buck will come back, and I'll just end, end this day gloriously. But come back, and okay get up in this tree and I look, look around and I'm okay. I don't see anything Then I look around again and I see, a, of course, the white tail shake. I'm like, okay, really? It, it's happening again. Like that quick. I just, it was 20 minutes. I just called up here. I was talking into the camera all loud. Like I didn't think anything of it. I think I had a couple hours, you know, let the woods settle down. Like I'm used to hunting, but right. apparently not, you know, And I look over and it was a little eight point and I was like, okay, Okay, well, you know, thinking to myself, you know, I was thinking that I had two days to hunt. You know, I was wanted to shoot that big one, but maybe not going to hunt in the morning. What's going to happen? So I said to myself, you know, if he comes over here, I'm going to try my, I'm going to try to get get a shot on him and see if I can't shoot two deer in one day. Like that would just be epic, right? So. I'm sitting there and he just started working. Like, I don't know what it was, but he just started working towards me. And 
You know, it was probably the big man upstairs telling him, hey, this dude needs something here today. But <laughs> we, he came over and he came in once. I, I wish I had the, like, now I don't even have the footage, so I can't even put clips out. Oh, it's so frustrating. But he came in once and I drew back, camera arm got in the way again. Oh. And he went away and I thought he was, I thought he was gone. And I was like, dang, I just, I just messed up my one shot at doing this. Hang the bow, but I moved the bow hanger to the other side of the tree and the camera arm to the other side of the tree. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. Right. He comes, and then I look to look back around, and he's standing right, right out in front of me, 35 yards. And then he's making a rub out there, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is honestly happening? And he comes in within 20 yards, and I stop him and crack him, and he goes 40 yards and tips over. Wow. It was wild. Wow. It was wild. Man, I, that's awesome. Like, I, I can't imagine killing two deer with a bow in the same day. Like, I no, mean, it, I, you you I, had to be on, forget cloud nine, you had to be, like, on cloud, like, 100. Oh, it, yeah, I, it's, I can't, I can't even, like, words cannot describe what I was feeling, and that was my first buck with a bow. So like, oh, it was nice. tenfold. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was it was a wild, wild day, <laughs> to say the least. Now I know you said you know the camera arm and stuff got in the way, but did you did you remember to bring your big camera? So I didn't. Again, <laughs> I didn't. I left it. I left, I left it. I put it. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take it out. I'm gonna put it in the garage right on the back right. of my dad's truck. So I'm going to walk right past it. Can't miss it. Well, missed it. I guess I lied. I can miss <laughs> it. And I missed it again. And, uh, yeah, we were recording on our phone again. It was, so yeah, that, that, the camera part did not get solved when I went home and through all that fiasco. Oh no, that can't go right. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the deer, the deer hunt can go right. So I mean, I'm clearly. I'm, I, I'll forget my camera any day if I can shoot two deer. Well, I was about to say, because clearly you got it You got it right on that on that day. Now, what? Um, I'm always curious to the equipment folks are using. So what uh, What kind of bow are you shooting and then, like, arrows and broadhead? What kind of phone? No, 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 no. Um your bow, like what? Uh, what type of bow? Oh, the bow. Yep, yep. Yeah, you're and gonna then... love this one. My bow, I don't even know what brand it is. My bow is <laughs> I. So I had, I had a really, really old one, really, really like a youth style, right? Okay. And I'm like, you know what? Nah, we gotta get, we gotta get upgraded. But in college, money was tight, of but course. I wanted a bow. Hey, I'm gonna go on Amazon. So I looked on Amazon. And they had like a whole package for like three hundred bucks or something like that. I bought that thing, had Prime, got that thing next couple of days, got her all tweaked, and I mean, hey, hey. <laughs> it'll kill them. I was about I to say, it, it, you know it, what I mean? It, clearly, clearly, it kills. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And that's, I mean, that's how I am with everything, like fishing stuff. I don't really. I mean, I got a couple really nice, like rods, reels. I got a nice shotgun, I should say, but. Other than that, like I'm not a brand guy. Like, I, if it works, look, it works. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'll, if it fishes, it fishes. If it hunts, it hunts. That's, let's go. Load it up. So, where did you get your arrows? Did you just go to like a local shop and get like just a a set of arrows from from your uh, 
your local pro oh, shop yeah, and just, then like yeah a, i just went to uh cabela's honestly i just went to cabela's went in there and then they had the the archery shop in cabela's so i yep. got them trimmed down and got them all set set to my to my uh draw and called her good did honestly you, did you get a particular any particular type of broadhead or did you just go with like the like the generic, like Allen broadheads, or what did you? I shoot. I like the. Uh, I like muzzies, the fixed blade muzzies. Yeah. Or what are they like the the Rocky Rocky Mountain? Yeah, Rocky Rage Mountain. or something yep. like that. That four blade. Yep, I've seen those. That's yeah. what I shot. That's what I shot those those two in the park with. Those okay. are wild. I love those. That's I went from muzzy to those. I was just trying them, and yeah, those things do some damage. I'm talking. Hey. So now, when you said you got your bow in college, had you bow hunted or done like any kind of bow shooting before you bought that bow? Like, what what intrigued you to yeah, say, "Hey, so like, I'm going to buy a bow"? <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like that. I had when I was like younger, younger, but then playing sports and everything, I just never had the time to bow hunt in high school and in college. Baseball in college was year-round basically sure um so what, i just never what position did you play i was outfield and pitch okay so, you know just kind of yeah did, did a little bit of everything but then towards the end just kind of mostly outfield nice you yep. know the old the old wing took a took a dump on on old boy here but <laughs> well yeah you know, once you once you start happens. you start that pitching i mean that's not a natural natural motion for an arm so it it definitely (laughs) and i mean hell after being a pitcher you know you're very fortunate to be able to still be able to draw back a bow and not have to use like a crossbow or something like that so i'm saying i'm saying i learned how to use my back when i draw quite a bit that helped me with my uh getting that off the shoulder because it was definitely a definitely an issue at first but yeah Save it, yeah. Save, save your shoulder. Yeah, I played outfield in high school. Um, okay. I kind of wish I would have stuck with. I played like my first two years of high school, and then you know I kind of got girl crazy and wanted to go to parties and all this other stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, I hear that. <laughs> and, you know, and dress halfway decent, so I had to you know earn my own money. So I I quit baseball and started working. I kind of wish I would have stuck with it just to see what would have happened. Or where I would, you know, where I would have ended up. Um, But nah, that's I don't know what it is. It's about you know baseball guys. We're drawn to like the bows and stuff. I don't know, you know what the (laughs) I don't know if it's because a lot of the theory and mechanic. Well, not necessarily mechanics, but a lot of the theory of like hitting is just like a lot of theory and shooting a bow or what it is. But it seems bow hunting seems to draw. Like a lot of us uh, former baseballers at at different levels, so yeah, no, I hear that. I see that a lot too on like different social media things. There's a bunch of bunch of like even pro guys that have groups that are bow hunters and do all that stuff. So I mean, yeah, I think maybe there is something with us baseball guys. We yeah, got a little, you know, a little bit of that hunt in us. You know, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So. Let's pivot a little bit. You know, I was doing some stuff, doing some reading and stuff about you, and I saw where you did, like, a lot of fishing, like, with your pops. Did he – he was the one that kind of introduced you into fishing, hunting, and everything, or how how did that work out? Oh, yeah, Dad, he – so, yeah, I mean, I – 
the first memories I got of fishing is with him taking us down to the side of the lake and tossing a bobber in, you know? So it's like, he started me on it. I mean, I branched out from, from, from what we started on and, and what, you know, he's even used to now. I mean, but yeah, he started me with fishing hundred percent hunting. He was kind of, he was there hundred percent, but my mom was like, it was her side of the family. So okay. it was kind of at her dad's farm is where I started hunting in, in River Falls, Wisconsin. Okay. So yeah. my, my dad would hunt, like he hunted with her family as long as they've been together and he loves it just as much, you know, like he's, he's a nut about deer hunting, but um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It gets him fired up. He loves just chasing them through the woods and stuff. It's funny watching him get all fired up, but, but yeah, no, he, so we, we all kind of started as like a group, but like ever since then, Grandpa sold the farm, and we moved to public land around, you know, our home in Oatana, and now in the cities where I went to college, and I just kind of started to take it serious. I don't know what I don't know what it was mm-hmm. um, that that made me kind of start to take fishing and hunting a little a little bit more serious, other than going over to the lake and plopping in a bobber and a worm, or sitting out in the woods with a shotgun. I don't know what switched. But maybe it was, you know, watching hunting shows, fishing shows, wanting to do tournaments one day. But I don't know. Yeah. But now I just kind of, I'm a diehard for for both. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you, like, just looking at your Instagram and stuff, you've caught some impressive, you know, bass and caught some impressive fish. Are you? I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, like, you just, you know, at Dreaded Outdoors on uh, Instagram, I mean, if you take a look at your you know at your profile there like i say you got like some impressive fish and whatnot on there are you starting to fish competitively or making the transition to fishing competitively like what does that look like yeah so that is so it's always been a dream of mine since i've been you know 10 13 is watching Bassmaster classic and watching these guys come in with these wrap boats and trucks and it just looks dope to me just that's what i want to do right um so now this year yeah man we found a little tiny boat series uh my my buddy that i met at college and i we found this i don't know it's uh you can't have more than 50 horsepower and your boat can't be more than 16 foot long or something like that 1611 i think it is okay so yes it's tiny boats of minnesota and it's like 10, 15 boats in a, in a tournament, a couple guys a boat, and you go out for 6 a.m. to noon and see who catches the best five. So that's what we're that's what we're doing. The first one was this last Sunday or two Sundays ago, um, and we actually ended up placing third. That was our very first one. Oh. We got third. That YouTube video is coming. I don't know what is taking the computer so long, but it's just taking long to, for it to <laughs> get public on YouTube. But right. yeah, there's a video, and I'm I'm going to try to do uh, YouTube videos of of every tournament here on out. So the next one is is actually this Sunday. So I was just down this morning. I got up at three, played a little bit of hooky from work. Don't hey, don't don't at me. But <laughs> we hey, we got some stuff done. We got some stuff done virtually afterwards. But went out this morning, left at like three a.m. and got down there to a lake. I think the lake's like an hour away that that we're gonna fish for this tournament. And went and pre-fished it a little bit and found a couple good ones and found some spots where I think they're hanging out and we could possibly possibly make a run at it again. So we're going to go down there and get the bait sweat and give her a shot, you know. So 
Now, when you I'm say excited. the when you say the best five, is that what they take you put up your best five weight, like your your top heaviest fish, and then what do they average them out? Like how how do they score that? So yeah, it's all by weight. So you bring in however much your top your heaviest five bass weigh yep. of the day. So I mean, yeah, it's it's a we got a live well cooler. That's basically basically what it is. Um, and a couple coal tags, and got to kind of eyeball them. And yeah, this one looks a little smaller. He's gone. So that one in the well, she's in there. Okay. And then we just keep going. It's I love it. It's fast paced. It's, there's always like something. Feel like somebody's on your on your back the whole day. It's, I don't know. It's nicer than just kind of going out and and just fishing. Yeah, for me. I've I've watched the Bassmaster on on. Uh on tv a few times and i'm always amazed at just how like bang 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 it is just like you know you right. get out there in your right. boat you fly to a spot you fish it for i don't know whatever 20 30 minutes whatever it is you know they knock out four or five fish just like that and then they maybe keep one or two for the way in, throw the rest back, and then and then on to the next spot. <laughs> yeah, then they go. Uh, yeah, and, then they, and they keep going. Like it, it seems like it. It's a lot of fun. And then, like, I'll go out to the lake, and you know, throw a top water frog out there. And other than me just reeling them back in every few minutes, that's like the most action that I see. So what, no, <laughs> what would be your advice to someone who's starting out, you know, like top water fishing for bass or just bass fishing. If you're standing, you know, like on the bank and stuff, what, what would be your advice to someone just starting yeah. out there? Yeah. I mean, I did that for, I mean, my whole life, like I got a boat. My first boat was in college. Like everything was just kind of happening in these last few years here for me. So I was a, a bank warrior for many years in my life. So, I mean, with frogging, I, if you can, my biggest thing with that is to just try to throw as parallel down the bank as possible. So rather than throwing just straight out into the lake and then working it back towards the bank, like if you can, and it's, difficult to in some spots depending on you know trees and your access but if you can see if you can go parallel to the bank so it looks like that frog or bait fish or whatever stuck on top of the the lilies or the hydrilla whatever you guys got mm-hmm. is just kind of working along that bank and it's not coming because it would be awkward for a for a sunny or something out there to get injured and then work towards the bank it just wouldn't be natural so that would for like frogging and stuff like in top water fishing. It's just, my biggest thing is to kind of try to work parallel. That's my probably my biggest little secret, you could say. <laughs> now and then, because then correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm thinking like the closer to the bank that you're working, it's a little bit more shallow, right? Oh yeah, yup, yup. Okay, but that and so, that so, doesn't really. Like, that don't really have, like, any kind of bearing or, or whatever? I mean, yeah, so depending on time of year, I, I, I guess. So, like, maybe talking midsummer here. Yep. That would be when, when those fish are probably going to be pushed up a little shallower than, like, right now when they're in – well, anyway, up here, they're, probably, they're in post-spawn type. So they're pushed off the bank a little bit now, feeding on anything that moves, kind of. And uh, kind of lockjawed. Some of the females are kind of lockjawed right now. But, I mean, those fish in the middle of summer, 
Froggin is when that is going to thrive. Like that's when the lilies get thick and those fish move up and they all move up shallow to get into the, into the shade of the vegetation and into the, you know, the oxygen that, that the weeds give off and all that stuff. So. Right. Okay. Okay. See, learn something new every day. Cause like I said, I was like, you know what? Like most of the time when I fish, you know, I would go, you know, for catfish and, put your you know chicken liver or your hot dog or whatever yeah. you know on there and just kind of drop it to the bottom and wait and see what happens and then you know <laughs> like the little fish will come and just strategically nibble all your bait away before you know something can come by and snag onto that hook and then the more I started you know like watching bass you know, fishermen and stuff. I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna give that a try. Like I'm gonna try, like because the top, <laughs> especially like the top water, man. Like if you can get oh, one no, just to come exciting. through and just snatch it up, you know, like you say, just smacking that bait, man. That, oh, it's wild. Yeah, the action. So all right. So now I got a, I got another trip. You know, I, we were talking before. You know, like how you reached out to uh, Glitter and Gills, Maisha Renee, who was on this show a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So I got like the the shrimp trick for catfish from from her. That I got, you know, fishing parallel with the uh, with the frogging from you. So hopefully, between <laughs> you know the tips from the two of y'all, I can start, you know, you ripping them, them up. Now. Yeah, now that's why I start ripping them on, up. <laughs> So I gotta, I gotta put these, I gotta put these, uh, these tips to use, man, and and get 100%. out there. Yeah, give them, give them a shot. I mean, hey, you uh, got catfishing. That's one thing I never did. I never did that. Well, it's last year we had. It's funny you talking about stuff that you never done. Like last year, a buddy of mine that I goose hunt with um, in Illinois, he runs a fishing charter so we went out there with him and fished you know trout and uh salmon in lake michigan okay okay brother when i tell you (laughs) like the fish and i was just blown away like at the different sizes like i caught a real big one my son caught a real big one that my daughter had to help him with that was just too funny uh watching both of them fight that fish to get her, to get them in. Like we both caught like what is it like the king salmon or whatever. Like real nice size okay. um, salmon. Yeah. But just being out in the middle of a lake that big, and you would at least for me, like you would think like, you know, okay, you know, where are you gonna find the fish in a body of water that big? But man, like I'm some saying. of the fish that were hitting and we were reeling in out there, it was just like, holy moly. Like they were, they were fish of all sizes. Like we had a great time. That was something, like I said, I never did before. So when you come back, you know, to fishing, you know, bank fishing and stuff, it's like, okay, now I need something again that's going to have that action. So that's what brings me to, you know, fishing top water with the, with my little, plastic lifelike frog and stuff so we're gonna see if we can we can make it work man yeah for sure for sure what is your personal best as far as like your best uh what's your your biggest one so it's five six nine basically so my scale didn't go to the ounces so it's five pounds five point six nine pounds so i think it 
equaled out to something like a like a five ten or five eleven. I can't I can't remember. I did the math on it one day, but somewhere around five 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 and a half, a little more than five and a half pounds. Wow. Do you have I'm looking for a six. That's my goal this year. I want a six really, really bad. I don't know. Me and my buddy, I've been I've been telling him I think every single day the last week, I'm like, I'm gonna catch a six. I'm gonna catch a six. We're gonna catch a six. It's gonna happen, man. It's gonna happen. Are y'all we just gotta keep doing it? Are y'all out there every day? Just about as much as I can be. I gotta. So there's a a lake that's literally a block away from my apartment. Okay. So I can go out there if I got a couple hours after work someday, or you know a free a free lunch period. Even you know, hey, sneak in a couple baths over lunch. You know, hey, it's like literally it's right there. So it's. Boat can be in the water in 15 minutes if you hurry. Oh, wow. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, that was – and I didn't even know that was here when we moved in. So, we found that later. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if that was – yeah, that just kind of happened. But. Man, that – now, that that's nice. Now, with, like you said, being so close and, and being able to, you know, fish and get out there – what would you say other than you know with the catching the six pounder what are the next steps like what are the next things that you're trying to get accomplished like what i guess what are your goals that you got laid out like for the rest of the year i hear it i hear it yeah so i mean rest of this year i want to i want to do really well in this uh this tournament trial you know like i want to I want to make a name, make a name for myself and, and my buddy, you know, like we're first year in, like, let's not just show up and get blown out. Like, let's do something with it. <laughs> right. See if we can, you know, win it, the whole thing in points and then take that to the, cause if you win in points, you can, you can move on and there's different stages. Like it's just a whole, a whole mess at the end, you know, but we're just trying to, I, I want to do this and take that to the fullest. And then, you know, down the road, eventually move into those bigger bass tournaments and, and hopefully perfect world will be making a living out of it, joining the elite series and, and all that stuff. But all that comes with a new boat. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do any big more tournaments until, until, uh, that happens, but that'll come. Definitely. Definitely. The more you, you keep at it and you keep, you know, promoting yourself through like your YouTube and your Instagram and stuff. I mean, you're definitely on on the right path to getting everything that you want. So, I mean, it, appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate that. You, you're making strides, but there's a couple more um, I wanted to throw at you before I get you out of here. Uh, I noticed yeah. that you do a lot of your filming when you're fishing. Is that on your phone like what's your setup for you know filming yourself while fishing and is it much different than what you got going on when you're doing you know your hunting and stuff yeah so it's it's quite a bit different than i use just a straight up gopro and then an external mic that i that i uh plug into that outside of the uh the waterproof case and that's just on like a i don't know a little metal a piece of metal that I found laying around that I drilled into the side of my boat and made it kind of work that I could, that I could stick a GoPro mount on the side of it on one side and then the microphone mount on the other. It works. So, Hey, hey we're just gonna, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. As long as it I'm works. Saying, I'm saying, got a portable charger and plug her in. Then 
just all you got to worry about is changing memory cards. It's, we're set. Nice. Nice. They yeah. Definitely keep it keep it simple when you know you're on the go and stuff. Make it a lot easier. That that's always been my struggle with self filming. It's just like what's the what's the lightest, easiest way to do it, but not exactly. sacrifice the quality. So we're <laughs> exactly we're gonna see. You know, I've I've gotten more into climbing stands late last year, and then I'm, so I'm definitely gonna be doing that a lot this season when deer season comes back. You know, as far as fishing right now, I just want to concentrate on getting out there and catching some fish, and then maybe I'll, I'll worry about trying to to catch some fish on camera. Um, Slap but, that GoPro on the on the chest and, and well, get yeah, him out. I, I saw that in one of your videos. It's like okay, it's like you got the chest the, the chest mount um, from GoPro or whatever, and then I was looking at some of your video with that. I was like, man, that does come like that came out pretty well, like a lot better than what I expected for like the chest mount. So I, I've never really right. played with the chest mount. So it's like, especially for fishing, like that's a pretty good look. So yeah, no, they're pretty, they're pretty nice. I only, I switched up the putting the camera, like not on me just because when I'm busty fishing or like pitching and I jack those hook sets, like it, it always, it's just right in the way. It's just right where, my reel goes. I don't know. That's just how, like, where my body goes when I set the hook. So it just would always smack right in the camera, and it would be a loud, a loud bang on there, and it just would mess up the angle, and it'd be pointed at the sky the rest of the video because <laughs> I wouldn't realize it. Right. And it's just yeah. So then you're just looking at the bottom of my face, looking up, and it's just not a good look for me. So yeah, we just moved it, so I'm not going to hit it anymore <laughs> with my aggressive hook set. There you go. There you go. Well, yeah. Trey, like I said, I appreciate you taking the time, man, and coming through on the show. Let folks know your YouTube, your Instagram, all the stuff where they can find the Dreaded Outdoors. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me. This is this is great. I'm honored to be here. Everything, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, everything is just at the Dreaded Outdoors. You look it up, that probably, it'll probably come up. All one word. Ding, that's me. The weird looking dude, dreadlocks, holding <laughs> fish. That's me. <laughs> weird looking dude. That is hilarious. Man, Trey, we will talk soon. Thank you. Like I said, thank you for again sure, for coming through and uh good luck with the tournaments this summer, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Land. One more time, I want to say thank you to Trey from the Dreaded Outdoors for taking the time and stopping by here. And sharing with us what he's got going on. Looking forward to continue to following this young man in his endeavors. Before I get ready to get up on out of here, I just want to remind you guys, BryantlandCountry.com. BryantlandCountry.com is the website that has every and anything Bryantland. We have merch. We got videos. We got past podcasts. We have our link to our Patreon account where you can get bonus footage. Our bonus episodes, bonus content, all that good stuff is on the Patreon. But make sure you check out BryantlandCountry.com. Thank you again for your continued support of Bryantland. Thank you for supporting the Bryantland Show podcast. And I'm going to get out of here and see you guys next week on another episode of the Bryantland Show.